When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that. What out there? Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. Welcome back to another edition of the Loud Pedal Podcast. Heavy lunch with Chet Christner today, the voice of the USAC National Sprint Car Midget and Silver Crown Series. Here to recap what has happened in the USAC season, what I look at as one of the best USAC uh, seasons uh, in a long, long time. Chet uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Um, Dylan is not going to be on the show today, but uh, everything's good over there. So, Chet, what's going on, man? A lot of storylines from the USAC season. I know, like, Kaylee Bryson, big names, Mitchell Moles. I estimate that the talent this year um, took a big step forward from last year. It did. It just, well, And I don't know if it took a big step forward when you say that. Well, actually, I guess it did. It just seems like the talent's always been there, but it became more refined. This year, it's like the the experience finally kicked in, like some drivers kind of found themselves and settled down and uh, are just turning in some some better better performances, I guess, overall. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. It's, it was a great season. It was a phenomenal season. And that was a deal where no matter what race we went into, you weren't really sure who was going to win. And that was even true through Silver Crown, which is unusual. Usually Cody just dominates, which he won another championship as he should. I mean, he's, he's an incredible talent, but... At the same time, Logan Seavey was good. Shane Cochran was good. There was, and you know, even like Brian Tyler had a phenomenal season in Silver Crown as well. And it's, it was just, it was just a good, good season. I feel like going into the year, one of the questions was, how do you fill the shoes, the likes of uh, Chris Windham, who moved on and, and, you know, a Triple Crown winner for USAC? Uh, Kevin Thomas Jr. went full time uh, wing sprint car racing. We got the answers uh, quickly. Mitchell Moles stepped into uh, Chris Windham's seat. Uh, in the midget car and was phenomenal. He also won his first USAC national sprint car race uh, and a lot of big races on the uh, national sprint car schedule. Uh, I think Mitchell Moles is a rising star. Is that accurate? That's very accurate. And that was a thing where, so he said a quick time while we were out at the uh, Oval Nationals Paris Auto Speedway, and that was his eighth quick time of the season. That makes him the best qualifying rookie of all time in USAC. Tanner Thorson had done it the year before with seven quick times. Mitchell Moles had eight across the season. And I'm talking sprint cars. But uh, it, it was one of those drivers where Mitchell and Emerson Axum is another one that are two rookies that came into the series. And 
it didn't take long, I'd say probably within like two months of the season starting, that you completely forgot that they were rookies. I mean, that says something to the talent of those two drivers. But Mitchell Moles, very good. Emerson Axum, very good. And uh, just looking forward to see what happens in the future with both of them. Yeah, Emerson Axum, top five. And uh, not only sprint car points uh, with the USAC National Sprint Car Series, finished fifth. Um, looking at the top five in the National Sprint Car Series points that just wrapped up at the Oval Nationals, Justin Grant, Brady Bacon uh, climbed back into second with 2,485 points, but uh, Grant really kind of ran away with the championship there in the final couple nights. Big weekend for Brady Bacon, but Justin Grant climbs closer to that triple crown. If he wins a midget championship here in the, you know, the next four or five years, um, he could be a triple crown uh, winner, right? He has that silver crown championship. Now he has a sprint car championship. Um, he and CB are two sneaky guys that could potentially win USAC triple crowns. It is, and and that was that's something where you wonder in the back of your mind, and I'm sure they're maybe not thinking about it just yet, but do they look towards next season? Is next season whenever they make the big, big push to get a Triple Crown championship? But, yeah, Justin Grant, uh, a phenomenal season for them, and that, a tip of the cap not only to him but also to his crew, Dylan Cook. Uh, they had zero DNFs this year, which is absolutely staggering if you think about it. If you think about the schedule that's run by the uh, Sprint Car Series, and just the, the competition level and everything else, the fact that they never had anything go wrong, like they didn't have an issue during a race, they didn't caught, get caught up in a wreck or something where they couldn't actually finish the race. But that is a testament not only to Justin as a driver, but also to his crew as well uh, on that car. But yeah, he could, you know, looking towards he needs a midget championship, got Silver Crown Championship 2020, uh, Spring Car Championship this year, and it's, it's definitely within the realm of possibilities. Grant's actually going to finish top five in points in all of the series this year for USAC. So a tremendous year for Justin Grant. He finished fifth in the Silver Crown Series. He won a Sprint Car Championship. He's currently second right now. Um, but it looks like 196 points separate Kofoid and Grant going into these last seven midget races. It looks like Kofoid's probably going to win another USAC championship. Um, but Grant, you know, just a tremendous year all around in all three series, right? Yeah. And it's not the first year he's done that either. He's finished top five across all three divisions. Was a couple years was one of the only drivers, or one of the only maybe two drivers, to make every start, every feature event start across all three national divisions. But that's the thing is, Buddy Kofoid has a really good advantage going into this, and obviously Kofoid phenomenal in the midget. He's run for Keith Coons, a great team. They're going to be well prepared. But at the same time, all it takes is a bad night or maybe bad two nights. And Justin Grant could be right there for the championship as well. So with seven races or seven nights of racing left on the season, it's not over yet. And he, yeah, we kind of feel like Kofoid's got him covered, but it's USAC racing. Anything could happen. Whenever we finish these uh, seasons, right, the season-long year-end deals, I always look at the top 10 in points because uh, most of the time that was who traveled with the series most of the year. I was very impressed this year with Matt Westfall, uh, the Flying Buckeye, you know, Ray Marshall and those guys really gave him a good car all year, and he's been outstanding in the non-wing sprint car, uh, winning a lot of boss races, but seventh in USAC points. That's big. That's huge, and that was a, it was a very good season for him. Got one of his best career finishes down at Cocopah to finish up the season. As the season went on, it seemed like they got better and better and better as a team. And uh, you also can't forget the fact that his Silver Crown, uh, you know, his he fields his own car for Silver Crown, had a great run down at Port Royal, Looked very solid in the silver crown, and he was one that – and I joke about this a lot, but I'm serious too. I take him on dirt draft a lot. He's a good bargain on dirt draft because he performs very well, but a great season. And I had a conversation with Westfall down at the Oval Nationals, and 
And I said, what's this? What are you going to do for next year? Because Ray Marshall, uh, he's getting older. You know, he might want to get out of racing. And sometimes he talks about that a little bit. And, and Matt said, well, usually it's about January before we start talking about the season coming up. He said this year, Ray got, uh, you know, he's talking to Ray and Ray was like, what do we need for next year? Like Ray is ready and raring to go. So race Marshall Motorsports, we're going to see him back in action again next year with the National Sprint Car Series. And that's, that's yeah. a very, very good. They also finished sixth in points, too, um, with owner's points. So big year for Ray Marshall. Congratulations to them. Uh, owner's points to the National Sprint Car Series that it wrapped up. Top Motorsports with Justin Grant uh, one, Brady Bacon, Dynamics Incorporated second. Michael Motorsports, which was C.J. Leary, uh, finished third. Blue Motorsports fourth. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, Robert Ballou. And then Clawson Marshall Newman Racing, which was Emerson Axum, uh, the top five in owner's points. Um you know, the Midget Series is getting ready to wrap up their schedule. They have seven races remaining uh, on their schedule out west. Um, you know, Chet currently based in Vegas right now. I guess it's not really too far out west for you, but that's a long that's a long jaunt out there. Uh, um, it's going to be warm, though, right? It should be a nice, you know, little time out there. Yeah, it's a beautiful time of year to be in California. And then I know we journey a little further north, like Placerville's up there at the base of Sierra Nevada's. But it's a great time of year to be out. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful weather on tap and a lot of good racers out here. It's nice, too, because there's some entries coming into the midgets that like Daniel Whitley. So impressed with him during the Oval Nationals in a sprint car. Only his second uh, weekend running a 410 sprint car obviously has 360 experience and, and some spec sprint experience in that. But he'll be running for Abacus Racing with the midgets. So looking forward to seeing what he can do as a as a rookie coming into the series. But then you have all your regulars making the trip out there as well. So it's yeah, it's it's going to be great racing. It's a great time of year to be in California, and it's some beautiful, beautiful racetracks and beautiful, beautiful drives getting to and from the racetrack. Like the drive up to Placerville is amazing, and then uh, whenever you come back down through, we have a couple of days off. I'm going to head up into the mountains, and then leaving uh, where my hotel where I'm staying before Merced, get to drive through Yosemite. So you can't you can't beat that. My favorite. One of my favorite content pieces on flowracing.com is when Chet has his first look at these tracks. Um, what's your favorite, you know, track scenery wise? Favorite track scenery wise is uh, Cottage Grove. I love Cottage Grove Speedway up in Oregon, which I don't get to visit there much anymore. But Heather and the gang have a, a beautiful, it's just a really homey facility up there with the big pine trees and the the uh, or evergreens, I guess we should call them, but the big planks on the the uh, grandstands and everything else is just. I like the feel of that racetrack, but at the same time, if you're talking about the ones that we're going to here coming up this fall, Placerville. I really enjoy Placerville going to Hangtown. I like that track. I like where it sits. I like the, the little town that it's in, uh, and so that's that's one of my favorites as well. If you look at like the crown jewels, you know, right of midget racing, the Hangtown 100 is in there, right? Oh yeah, twenty thousand win on the final night, and then two big nights to get to that point. So three nights of racing, uh, and very competitive. Last year, I remember from the top five last year, we do the Comp Cam's top five every week, and we had a, a number of moments that came out of that race. It just seems like it's just it's a racetrack that's very conducive to good racing with midgets. Well, not just midgets, everything that touches the track here, but midgets are exceptional at that racetrack. It's a great place, and uh, yeah, just just looking forward to getting out there for it. I love uh, midget racing, especially, you know, with USAC. And, of course, um, it's really becoming midget season now. You roll right into midget season here with seven huge races on the West Coast, and we roll right into the uh, the Chili Bowl. Unfortunately, the midget car is not going to Gateway, which I attest was the best race every single night at Gateway last year, yet they still got rid of them. Um, but, you know, we're not bitter about that at all. 
<laughs> it's about as bitter as I am about the Hoosier hundred, uh, not being on dirt, not being on dirt anymore. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, <laughs> no, it is, it's midget season. Right. And, and the midget series has been a lot of fun this year. The USAC national midget series, there's been a lot of good developing talent like Jacob Denny, who's, who's won a few races this year. You know, Kaylee Bryson, she's been a talk of the town uh, with her impressive run at um, the Illinois Mile, you know, in the Silver Crown Series, and then what she's done in a midget. She was the first uh, woman to to make a Chili Bowl A main last year. She'll be, you know, running all seven of these races and then going to the Chili Bowl. So really enjoy midget racing uh, this time of year. And, you know, I want to give a shout to Bryant Wiedemann, too. I think he's, he's fourth in points right now. He, he won a Power Eye title. Uh, I think he kind of gets overlooked at Keith Coons Motorsports as well. So just a really solid, consistent racer. Um, it's just – it's been a lot of fun to watch the Midgets this race this year, and it's going to be fun to end the season with the, these seven races. And that's something, too, where the Midget Series is taking a little bit of flack for, you know, the, I don't know how else to put it, being out of control. You know, they're running hard. They're racing hard. And they've calmed down as the season's gone on, too. And I don't think – they – obviously, people are quick to point fingers whenever things aren't going well and we're getting a bunch of cautions and everything else, uh, so on and so forth. But whenever they're doing well, people aren't as quick to – point that out and i think that's something that needs to be addressed is the fact that they've been running very well we had uh you know the last few races out there have been extremely competitive have been extremely good and uh we're not seeing the the aggressive we're seeing aggressive driving not as aggressive as it was i guess is what we're trying to say and um i think it's something where you know some team owners and some driving coaches and stuff had a talk with them said look we realize that you're trying to run hard because they want to be noticed. They're on the national stage. They're out on, they're on flow racing and uh, they're being seen across the world and they're trying to get people to notice them. If you get noticed, that's how you get to advance through the sport. And I think perhaps they were trying just a little bit too hard. And, uh, but I think some discussions that took place behind the scenes that maybe people aren't aware of sunk in and we're seeing some phenomenal racing in the midgets. And I think this trip out West is going to showcase that for us. Completely agree. Uh, I thought the BC 39 was tremendous. They all, you know, Spridgen, Spridgen, uh, you know, Kirk Spridgen said in the driver's meeting, like, look, you're on showcase this week. And they really performed well there. I think they've gotten a lot better. Uh, I think, you know, the comments from like Larson and a few others, um, they really kind of took to heart and they're like, look, we got to tighten this thing up. So um, I agree, though, with you. Like, it's, it's the whole NASCAR mentality, right? Like midget racing, let's face it, a lot of the midget talent has gone to NASCAR. Like that's been the revolving door for NASCAR, right? Na you know, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, you know, Buddy Kofoid has gotten some NASCAR starts. Logan Seavey's gotten NASCAR starts at Eldora. They're all midget racers, right? Uh, Tanner Thorson's gotten NASCAR starts. Like the NASCAR mentality right now is if you can't win, you are not going to be in one of these cars. Like you have to win the race, right? So I think that's kind of, that kind of hurt midget racing for a little bit. But I do think that it is starting to resonate with them that, Look, you know, you don't have to wreck somebody to win, right? Like you can you can race them up clean, and, and that race that we saw, uh, who, who was it, Mitchell Moles and Zach Dom, right? Um, mm -hmm. One one lane rubber down, wasn't it? The, that was the Jason Leffler, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Dom just rode behind Mitchell Moles the entire race because he couldn't figure a way around him, and you don't have to move him, right? You don't have mm -hmm. to move him. Save it for another race, or you know, or or win another race, right? Like you want to you want to keep you know, that relationship there, I think helps you in the long run. Well, that's a deal too, where you talk about Zach Dom, obviously a veteran of the sport and a, a phenomenal talent behind the wheel. And I think that's where he had uh, said a few things as well about the aggressive driving and different things like that. And I think that sunk in. And then you watch him go out there and have a very respectable run like that, where he is racing with respect. 
And I think drivers will reciprocate if that is the case. And, and so you lead by example and whenever you're talking about that. But I think the same is true for some of these other ones too. Jerry Coons Jr., extremely talented, triple crown champ, you know, and he also is a little bit of a mentor to some of these drivers and his voice is heard. And I think they respect that. And that's, that's some of what I was saying about behind the scenes. I think there were some conversations that took place that went a long way uh, towards making them realize what exactly is important. And yeah, it's about winning races. It's always about winning races. It's, it's called racing, not driving, you know? And so, so you yeah. want to run the races, but there's also ways to do it properly. Right. Uh, the midget schedule for the remaining or of the year, November 15th on flow racing, which, Recording this podcast on Tuesday, November eighth. On uh, November fifteenth is Bakersfield. Um, then they go to Placerville for two nights or three nights actually. The number November seventeenth, November eighteenth, November nineteenth, Placerville, California for the Hangtown one hundred. Then November twenty second at Merced Speedway. November twenty third at Merced Speedway, and then ending with Turkey Night, the famous Turkey Night, November twenty sixth at Ventura Raceway, uh, Ventura, California. Chet, you've done all these races before, right? I have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I have I had to think about the Hangtown 100. Um, and it's funny, you, you ask about the drive-ins and first looks at the racetrack. And I instantly, for some reason, I was thinking trees and I thought of Cottage Grove, but Ventura Raceway woo, on the beach, baby, looking off the back of that building out the beach. That's a beautiful setting as well. But yeah, I've been out there for all of them. I look forward to all of them. Bakersfield Speedway is uh, is one of those tracks where it wasn't necessarily my home track out here in Las Vegas, but we made a lot of trips to Bakersfield Speedway just to watch weekly racing there because it's such a great track. Scott and the gang out there do a phenomenal job with it. Uh, it is about, it's like four hours to get here, get there from Vegas. We used to drive out, watch a race, and drive back that same night. So an eight-hour round trip just to watch weekly racing at Bakersfield. That's how much I enjoy that track. So looking forward to Man. getting the midgets on it. That's great. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing a lot about your catchphrases this year. A lot of a lot of the fans like them, right? Um, <laughs> what's your What's your top three catchphrases? You think? Because oh, a lot of no these idea. originate from the they they originate from the Las Vegas Bull Ring, right? Like you've been doing them ever since you yeah. first started announcing, right? Yeah, I actually have a plaque or something that they gave me at the Bull Ring whenever I announced it or told them that I was going to be leaving. You know, I was going to pursue this whole broadcast deal. Uh, they made a plaque with the Chetisms, is what they call them on it. And a lot of them come right off of there that, that I was using back then. Yeah. There's, you know, and I don't know what my top three are and there's some of them. And it's funny too, because uh, I get that style of announcing is not great for everybody. I always say announcers are like music. Some people like rock and roll. Some people like country. You're not going to please everybody with your announcing style. That's just the way it is. But uh, it seems like a lot of people like the, the Chet isms and I try to keep throwing them in every now and then, but I back off at times because uh, it's just, you kind of get sick of yourself if that makes sense, you know, but at the same time, oh, people are enjoying it. Like, like the whole drop the hama. People love that drop the hama. And I've been saying it now. Well, ever since I don't know when, and uh, I've wanted to stop saying it on occasion. But as soon as I think that, man, I just need to stop saying this, I get a message from somebody on Twitter or they send me a text message where it, and it's their kid who is saying drop the hama. It's like their favorite thing. And so I keep saying it and keep enjoying it because if the kids like it, we have to have a way to engage the kids. And if they're doing it, you know, then then it stays. So, yeah, I yeah. don't know what my top top are, but a few of them, uh, like every other announcer, you borrow some things from a couple people. Uh, Shot in the shorts. I use that one a lot. That came from Toby Cruz. Uh, Toby's the one that took me under his wing and taught me how to announce. And, and I picked that up from Toby. Uh, that's probably one of my go to phrases. I like shot in the shorts. Just sounds good. Works good. It's uh, applicable in a lot of situations. 
<laughs> I like that one. Shot in the shorts. Uh, can we make t-shirts? Sell them? I don't know. I'm not big on self-promotion or anything like that. That's what somebody's like, you got to come up with a Drop the Hama t-shirt. We used to actually, we did Drop the Hama um, stickers during the wild. We used to uh, broadcast. I used to announce the Wild West Modified Shootout Speed Week. And we would do stickers and sell them. And 100% of the proceeds went to a hard charger award uh, passing master for the whole week. And so that's uh, where those Drop the Hama stickers came from, which I still have like 500 or 750 of them laying right over there. But uh, yeah, just uh, I don't know. I just am not. I've never been a self-promotion type guy. I've never when I announce, I don't say this is Chuck Christer, the voice of what I just don't do that. I just I was always taught that if you're good enough, people will figure out who you are. You don't have to tell them who you are, because if you're telling them who you are, then you're not good enough. Yeah, I really like that. That's stupid. And (laughs) no, that sounds awesome. and I do think announcers are really important uh, part of uh, the product, right? And, and and what we put on, but also the tracks, right? I think I think the, the best part about you is that you really work with the fans of the track, you know, just as much as you do with the people on the stream. And that's the thing is that the fans, and this is just my take on it. And uh, if I'm announcing for the broadcast and the fans in the stands, then I will announce to the fans in the stands. Everybody on the broadcast just long for the ride because it's all about the fans in the stands. It was nice, and I kind of forgot with this whole season announcing for USAC, I've been announcing for the stands this whole season until the Oval Nationals. The Oval Nationals is kind of a special situation out there. Scott Delosio has been doing the Oval Nationals all 26 years that it's been run, and they like to do their own things. they got some special things that they do, so I just announced for the broadcast, and I forgot how much fun it was to just interact with people watching on the broadcast. And then your, your announcing style is different at that point, too, but... Yeah, if it's if you're announcing for a stand, stand should always come first, and it should only be about the people in the stands. For sure, uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, before we move on to uh, take care of a couple, uh, you know, of our friends at DirtDraft.com and at Sun Dollar Restoration, um, you are getting ready to embark after um, your your seven days on a snow journey, right? Um, where mm-hmm. are you going? What, what are you announcing uh, this winter? I, I I, I want to get up to the I-500 this year. I live in Michigan. Like I, Some of the snow stuff we have on Flow Racing is just absolutely amazing. That is the, and I'm not afraid to say it, and I'll say it again, my favorite event of the year is the World Championship Snowmobile Derby in uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin. It's the World Championship Derby Complex. It's a purpose-built ice racing facility. It's a half-mile track, and it's a true paperclip track. Uh, they run a variety of different sleds up there. We have a vintage weekend. It's first. And then the second weekend is the world championship weekend with the modern sleds. And by modern, I mean newer than uh, probably like mid nineties. Uh, but uh, prior to that is considered a vintage sled. Uh, but we have two weekends of racing up there. It's ice oval racing. They're all purpose built sleds. They're slammed down on the ice. They're offset handlebars. They're, you know, got just amazing machines. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's my favorite event of the year. It's so much fun. We have Friday Night Thunder, which is, uh, you know, just like loud, heavy metal music and lights and racing. And we have ice bikes. Uh, If you've ever watched any uh, flat track or speedway motorcycles, they run, they put basically studs on the tires. They run ice bikes up there. We run quads. We have uh, the Myra guys come in, which you're talking about with the the Enduro that takes place at the end of the weekend. But uh, it's just an incredible event. It's so much fun. It's pretty much all day all three days that it runs, there's all kinds of food and things to see and things to do and poker runs and just, it's just a really good time. But that starts in January. That's actually uh, January 12th, thereabouts, I think kicks off the first weekend of Vintage Weekend. 
and then runs for two weeks uh, in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Derbycomplex.com to find out more information about that. But we'll have it all live on Flow. And it's also something, too, where I talk about I just love that event. I've been going up there for years and years and years. And uh, I talk about it so much. And you, it's unbelievable the amount of times that I run into somebody in the pits, a fan in the pits or something when I'm walking around talking to drivers during uh, dirt races or, or short track races. And they'll be like, wow, you know, I watched that ISO stuff. That's really cool. I would love to go up there. And everybody's worried about being cool. You just you're inside almost the whole time. They have hot seats. So you're sitting inside looking out through giant glass windows with instant replay on the TVs. And yeah, that's that's my winner. I look forward to that every year. Yeah, it looks amazing. You probably sit like, in a cabin and stuff, have a little fireplace. Like, I bet yeah, you, they you put us up. Night. They, yeah, they put us up in a condo on a lake. It's a frozen lake, so people are ice fishing on it and runs sleds back and forth. But, uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful setting. We have a fireplace. Uh, we actually – and the nice thing about it, too, so it's during the Chili Bowl, the World Championship weekend's during Chili Bowl. So uh, we actually are done early enough in the day with our racing that we all go back to the lodge and uh, watch the Chili Bowl on TV. So we're sitting up there and – who knows how much snow, you know, you might wake up in the morning, and have two and a half feet of snow outside, but uh, we sit up there and watch the chili bowl and just have a good time. You know what? I'm going to be like Larson. I'm going to boycott the chili bowl and go to the ice oval with Chet <laughs> and we'll, we'll watch the chili bowl, eating chili, uh, watch the chili bowl on flow at the lodge, at the bar. No, listen, everyone's like, why'd you move to Michigan? It's too cold. It's too cold, right? Here's the thing. Like, it's going to be cold wherever you live. Like in Ohio, it was cold and North Carolina was cold in the winter. Like the thing is we get beautiful snow. We get two to three feet of snow that like, like I don't have to go anywhere. Right. I work from home and you know, I, I work from here, but like, dude, it's just, if it's going to be cold, I'd rather it be beautiful. You know? Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. And that's, and that's funny you say that because like out here in Vegas, it gets cold in the winter too. Like it'll drop down to twenties at night and you're miserable. But up there, for whatever reason, like I've left there before and it's been it's like eight degrees. Cold. Yeah, it's totally fine. Like it's you're totally fine. Well, you're dressed for it while you're up there and everything else. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a different feel. But you're right. It is with the snow everywhere and the frozen lakes and just it's that's beautiful. It's a great area of the country up there. It's a snow capital of the world. Yeah. For some reason, the snow, like I don't know if it makes it less cold or, or less harsh cold, like it feels like when it's like freezing raining, it's colder than when it's snowing, right? Because it's just more miserable, maybe. And it's just a mental thing. But like, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, you know, living in Michigan, like, you know, we have snowmobiles, like you just you go skiing, like you embrace winter. Like, you don't mm -hmm. just sit around and be miserable during the winter, right? Like you go out and ride snowmobiles and, and go skiing and go ice fishing, like you said. Like, you know, it's fun things to do in the winter, just like there are fun things to do in the summer. So uh, yeah, enjoy yeah. the racing. All right, you dirt, sound like you work for the Chamber of Commerce for up there. I should, right? Uh, Dirtdraft.com. <laughs> you can play with our friends at Dirt Draft. I know, Chet, you, you, are you a former champion? You've played the game before, at least. Oh, I play all the time. I never miss a race. I had a run this, and I, I play under a pseudonym, so don't be looking for my name out there because uh, sometimes I suck, and I don't want people to know that. Uh, but I play with my cousin. My cousin's my teammate on there. And uh, he picks a lot of the late models and stuff like that. But uh, last year, he actually picked and won a late model championship last year. Had a run at uh, two championships this year, lost one. Uh, but the second one is still up for grabs, might have a shot at that. And so I'm not going to talk about it and jinx me, but I love Dirt Draft. Never, ever miss a race in Dirt Draft. Yeah, I know that. Uh, yeah, I, I, my name is Heavy Lunch. Uh, so that's not really hard to figure out who I am. But I don't play very often. 
I kind of just root for my buddies, you know, Ken Marks and, and Ethan Marks. Ethan Marks actually won the extreme, uh, was it midget championship or sprint car championship? Had to be midget so, because a buddy of mine won the sprint cars. Okay. So, yeah, Ethan Marks uh, won the midget extreme championship. And then you know the guy who won the, uh, the sprint car championship. So uh, mm-hmm. those two have wrapped up. We know that the sprint car USAC championship is wrapped up and so has the silver crown. But there is a mid- the midget championship still up for grabs. Seven races to play on dirtdraft.com. Also, uh, late model race in Vegas, Castro Flow Race, Racing Night in America at Sonoy Raceway. That's going to be a fun event, Chet, this week, uh, the Peach State Classic. I'm looking forward to watching that. That one, and I was so stoked. I saw you put out the, uh, the uh, with Bubba Pollard, whenever you visited with him and took a look at the facility down there, came out on the Flow Sports app, and you, people should check it out because Sonoy Raceway is, is a great facility. Food, oh my golly, is the barbecue so good down there? But the, uh, which you know that, <laughs> but uh, it'll be a, a great, great event. That's such a racy track. They do such a great job with it. But yeah, I wish, kind of wish I could make it down there. I was down there last year, but uh, this year obviously can't make it down, but it'll be a good time. Looks like 410 sprint cars are raising at BAPS. You can play on Dirt Draft. That's 11 uh, 12. That's coming up this weekend. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, so uh, Bakersfield starts on the 15th. Um, on dirtdraft.com, play with our friends. They're great uh, partners and uh, fun, you know, to have them on the show. Also, our friends at Sun Dollar Restoration, our hat shakes of the week. Donnie Shots, did he win? Uh, oh, he won. He won yeah. a, a, at Charlotte, right? In one of the races. Yeah, he won two in a row. At least two races oh. down there, I believe. But uh, Brad Sweet won the championship. That's his fourth straight. Yes. Fourth. Yeah, I believe so. Or- yeah. Anyways, my Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week is going to um, Trey Bowman and Andrew Bowman. It's a pair. Trey Bowman works on David Gravel's uh, sprint car team, and Andrew Bowman has been on Brad Sweet's all four of his championships, actually, and in Knox- a Knoxville Nationals um, as his car chief slash tire guy. Um, both of them are brothers. Both of them I graduated with at Elida High School. Andrew was actually in my class uh, in 2010, so we we were actually best friends. Uh, grew up at Limeland together, uh, hung around Darren Long Motorsports and and some of the 360 sprint cars around there. Um, Trey, I played soccer with. Both of them battling for a championship in Charlotte, both from Elida. Um, and congratulations to them on a, a successful year. But Andrew uh, won another championship, so he's got a little baby. He he probably needs the championship more than Trey. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know if you've ever so met I them. Have, uh, I have not. No, no. Okay. What's your hat shake? So I have a hat shake. Do I get to, I get to give a hat shake? So my hat shake, yep. and I thought about this, is going to top motorsports. The whole team. Justin Grant winning the championship this year, I think, with Dylan Cook and uh, the fellows behind the car and working on it and putting in a tremendous effort. It blows my mind, and, and the reason I'm giving them the hat shake, not only for the championship, is the fact that they had zero DNFs throughout the entire season. And I think that is that is a testament to the work and attention to detail of that team, and that deserves a, a hat shake. Dang, that is a really good one. Zero DNFs uh, for top motorsports. Looking at some of the other winners, Brady Bacon. Did he win two features out there or just the final? Yeah. No, he won two features out there. Had a great, great time. And that's what he talked about on the last night. It was a 20,000 win on the last night, but then also kept him second in the national point standings. Uh, he won the $10,000 Bubby Jones Master Going Faster presented by Spire Sports and Entertainment. 
Uh, he won that bonus as well. That was basically a $40,000 win for him uh, on that final night is what it all equated to. And that's something where a lot of people don't realize that the, the USAC purse, uh, points purse that pays out is up over the last three years has increased by like 65% or something like that. It's gone up a tremendous amount over the last three years. So uh, that it, Brady mentioned in his interview that he actually won more uh, this year or maybe on that, that last night, I'm not exactly sure how he meant that, than he did his first two championships combined. And so it was a very good payday for, for Brady Bacon. That would be another good hat shake too, just for having that weekend finishing up his season like that. Um, yeah. yeah. That'll be good for the bacon bets. Get them some Christmas presents, you know, help, help uh, with the payments on that, help with the payments on that new house. Uh, you know, get to sell some t-shirts, Brady. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a big payday. Uh, Robert Ballou uh, was a winner. Also Logan Shuhart won a world of outlaw sprint car race. Uh, Justin Sanders, he won a sixth career SCCT feature. Uh, it looks like Andy Forsberg won that championship. Congratulations to him. Tyler Clem won a USCS fall brawl. And that's all I'm going to go through. Congratulations on the winners. If you won, I missed you. Sorry. Uh, don't care. But uh, <laughs> those are our wow. $7 restoration hat shakes of the week brought to you by – oh, they're used to that, Chad. I always, I always, I always finish that segment with, if you won I, and I didn't mention you, I don't care. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you know you won. Big deal. Big whoop. Uh, those are our $7 restoration hat shakes of the week. Brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. Our friends Jason and Kim, based in Carmel, Indiana, support racing. So we support them and they support us. So uh, water, fire, mold, restoration. Chat if you need a new roof. Well, they're probably not going to go out to Vegas for that. Maybe if you are if you have a house in Indy at some point, if USAC needs a new roof, uh, they can help with that. Uh, sundollar.net is where you can find them. So, uh, all right. I think that wraps it up. Thanks for coming on the show, Chat. Perfect. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I always wonder if you yeah. asked me to be on the show because the last per the person you really wanted canceled on you at the last minute. I don't know, but I like being no, on. actually, no, actually, uh, no. But I, I wanted you, I wanted to have you on the show this week, and and Dylan, he was <laughs> like, uh, I can't do it this week, so yeah, I, I said I'll have Chet as, as my guest and my uh, guest co-host. So, um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's a slacker, but that's okay. He's a busy man. Oh, I watched him on TV on Sunday. I, oh, I, t I did text him, and, and maybe we should give a Sun Dollar hat shake to him. D. Welch had an impressive year on television. Now, not behind the wheel of a race car. However, he did he did make the Chili Bowl amen. So he did have a decent year behind the wheel of a midget, um, which I always look at the, the this upcoming Chili Bowl as this year's Chili Bowl is how I look at yeah. it. But, yeah. But anyways – he was one spot out of a transfer spot at um, the Big Ten K Carolina Showdown in the Micros. Um, so, you know, he had a decent week at Millbridge. Um, but my hat shakes goes to him because he both had the Indy 500 this year and the NASCAR championship race. He covered both of those on television this year. I feel like I'm and never going to accomplish anything bigger than that in my life, right? Well, he was on the high limit as well i went out and enjoyed him at the high limit announcing just racing again you know just as a as a booth announcer yeah. too he's just a, he's back. phenomenally talented yeah, he's little, he's little a people. he's yeah very professional dude and yeah it's cool to see him on tv it's like holy crap i i know him <laughs> yeah he's he's already accomplished way more than i will ever in my entire career but that's all right you know we're, we're having a lot of fun over here at flow 
it's been a good time. It's been it was a really good year yeah. listening to you, Chet. Um, hopefully we can, you know, well, well you're gonna be at the shootout with me, but uh, you know, congratulations mm-hmm. on the year you had with the USAC, and it's been a lot of fun to uh, listen to you all year. Yeah, it's been a hoot. I've really enjoyed it. It was good to get back to USAC, and uh, I look forward to going to shootout there. Some you know people talk to me about going to shootout. I love work with you down there. I like being a GoPro wrangler, as I call it, and went out and getting segments and talking to people at the shootout. And that's kind of a that's one of the nice things about working for Flow is you get to see or not see, but you get to do different things. Like you don't like I announced 120 races, 130 races this year or something like that. But this uh, other stuff too kind of. Uh, helps break i don't want to say break up the monotony because it's not monotonous doing that that announcing but i like doing the content too i like doing the gopros and just seeing people and just being being around racing yeah getting to see you know all of our racing family down there at the shootout all right this is episode 97 i had i had the number this week greg wilson episode um thanks for joining us chet appreciate it thank you